This is episode 002 with head coach Jessica Kern. Welcome to Be Contagious. My name is Coach Fernando Planels Jr., and I'm a college basketball coach who believes that leadership is the key to everything. Each week, we bring you stimulating conversation to help you discover ways to be an inspirational force with the people around you. Thanks for spending some time with me today, and let's get contagious. You are going to love this one. We have Jessica Kern, the Mississippi Valley State head women's basketball coach. She will talk about her passions, her journey, and what she has fallen in love with to be successful. Enjoy it, guys. All right, I'm here with Coach Jessica Kern. She's the head coach at Mississippi Valley State University. Um, as you can tell, there is a kind of a theme. Uh, we definitely want to talk a lot to strong women and, uh, and what they do and how they do it. Jessica, I'm so glad you joined us. I'm glad we finally are able to get this thing going. Yeah. I know we've been trying for a minute. So. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you're the head coach of Mississippi, Mississippi Valley State. All right, I'm going to let you explain all of that. Okay. But you've had a great career. Tell us how you have gotten to your place right now. Oh, my gosh. Um, I don't care how long I tell this story. I just think it's hilarious. It's actually <laughs> very funny. Um, again, from Milwaukee. Um Went to Penn State University, uh, was a track and field athlete there, um, and then um, got into coaching, um, college basketball, go figure. Um, but prior to that, um, ended up playing seven years of professional basketball in Europe. Um, I'm one of those people, if there's a will, there's a way, get your opportunity, take it, and I took it. So, um, And it panned out very well for me. Um, it's been about 14 years now, which is crazy. Um, I think my claim to fame is if there's a job in women's basketball to be done, I've had it. Um, and so that's honestly yep. what brings me here. Um, when you say no stone left unturned, it's sort of kind of that girl. Right. So, right. Yeah. So now how did that, how did your overseas career shape you to take over into coaching? Because that's tough. You're in a brand new environment, yeah. different language. Like how was that transition? Um, I have always prided myself on being a people person. Um, and I think that's what coaching is. I think it's a lost art. It's becoming um, a rarity. Um, it's people helping people. There's no rocket science to this thing. Um, obviously, you want to perfect your craft. And the more you get into it, the more you get an identity as to what you want to do. Yeah. Um, but that's really it. Um, you know, I say it when I speak to people all the time. Little girl out the city, somebody help me. And I just want to help another female along the way. It's yeah. really simple. Now, why do you think coaching or teaching has become a lost art? Um, I think because in the professional sense of it, you know, we get hired and fired based on wins and losses. And sometimes that becomes extremely cutthroat. Uh, the flip side of that is, um, especially at the mid-major level, you are allowed to be a little more hands-on with your student athlete because those, a lot of these athletes need to be taught. They need to be molded. And so you take the hat of coach, but you also take the hat of mentor and sister and, you know, and so in that process, you have no choice but to teach young ladies about life. Right. That's just the reality of it. And so I am having, oh, my God, a blast doing what I do. I tell people all the time, uh, you got to be a little crazy to do this thing because you just don't sleep for 10 <laughs> That's months. right, yeah. Um, but the reality is to consistently see um, your product and to see growth, is it's overwhelming sometimes. Um, and, and I love it. I really do. And where, like, where do you draw your strength from? Because you do have a lot of energy. Yeah. I've seen you coach in practice. I've seen you in games. There's tons and tons of just energy. Like, does that come from your upbringing? Yeah. What happened? What? Where does it come from? You know, my dad, um, 
originally is from Kaltuslaut in Germany. They're a small town just right outside of KJ. Hold on, hold on. Slow that down. From where in Germany? Kaltuslautin. We're not going to say that. She's going to say that. <laughs> um, Germany. Um, um, my grandfather fought in the war. He was a good guy. Um, and then I always have to say that because people are like, whoa. Like, wait a second. Um, yeah. And we're blue-collar people. Okay. And so, you know, I had to work for everything um, I have growing up. Now, let me be very clear. I had everything I needed to be successful, but I was loved a lot. Um, and that was something that I wanted to make sure I took into my adult life, but nothing was given to me. Um, and at the time when I was younger, I didn't understand that, but I get it now. And that blue collar mentality is sort of what gets me through. And I think that's why when people speak about my teams and they say they sort of mirror me, um, when the coaches use grind all the time, but yeah. it is, it's a slow grind, you know, um, but celebrating all those little things. I think we do it so much. It's the same drills, the same repetition that you got to find all the little things. Um, I think that's where it comes from. And you got to love what you do. Right. I, I go to work in Itabina, Mississippi. Yeah. <laughs> I go to work loving what I do because something new happens every day. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, so that blue collar mentality, that's what you are getting your team yeah. to get there. How do you get them to buy into it, though? Besides the fact that them feeding off your energy. Yeah. Like, what are other things that you do to get them into that blue collar mentality? You have to be transparent. And I think the hardest thing about, number one, let me go back. Um, I have a four-year-old son. Um, people say, what's your why? That has changed mm -hmm. in the last four years. Um, he is hands down my why. Um, on the nights you don't sleep, um, on the nights you win a game and he's there to hug you, it's yeah. this feeling that you never want to go away. Um, and doing it for him because regardless, male or female, young people, period, uh, need strong, positive role models in their life. Um, but uh, going back to that, because um, I regress every time I go to him, I get a little emotional. <laughs> That's all right. That's so all you right. got to bring yourself, um, bring yourself back. Uh, but at the end of the day, um, that energy that we talked about, feeding off of that energy, it's something that's sort of embedded, I guess. I think it's an intangible, like in recruitment, you just know. Right. There's yeah. those kids that you just know. They've got fire. Right. Um, and I think that's becoming a rarity. Yeah. I think it is. I think it is. So so were you born a leader or did, did you go through the process and learn how to be a leader? Oh, God. I was fade to black. <laughs> <laughs> I was blending with the background. If I could have been beige, right. I would have been. And, um, you know, that's what athletics brought to me. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I am mixed with everything under the sun. Um, the unfortunate part about that is sometimes you try to find your identity. You don't know. Right. Yeah. Um, and I never, I was neutral. You know, I was this neutral person. And then eventually you speak once and people listen. And then little things like becoming a team captain and your team listens to what you have to say, making the dean's list, you know, doing all these different things. And you're like, people listen to what I'm saying. Right. And it, it really, athletics helped me get an identity that I didn't have. You know, I say all the time, I'm daddy's little girl. Um, but a part of that is you little rough around the edges. Yeah. You know, I was every epitome of a town boy. Right. Um, but then I got a voice. And athletics gave me a voice. But then what comes with that is responsibility. Right. Um, and again, to who much is given. You know, much is required. So I realized that my voice can be used for good things, but it can also cut like a knife. Yeah. And so there's a responsibility with this thing. But it all came with growth because this definitely wasn't the young lady who was a graduate assistant in Arkansas Pine Bluff. Mm -hmm. 
14 years ago. I tell you, that is, uh, I like how you said just cut like a knife, because it's very true. Our words go a long way. Is, is leadership lonely? It is. It is very lonely. Um, people ask me all the time about social media. This is all new to me. Right. Um, because I like, I like being in safe, comfortable zones. Right. Um, especially when it comes to protecting your family and the people that you love. Um, the downside to doing what we do is there's a lot of judgment. Yeah. Um, and especially having a young person in my life, I want to keep him covered. Um, the flip side of that is is leadership when it's going well. Um, I tell people to be very careful of people that are fly by night. It's just the way it works. I've had the same friends since 98. Right. They're not changing. Um, And these people have supported me through the good and through the bad. I think the key to being a great leader is humility. And I try my absolute best from my intern to my associate head. I do my best to make sure that they're felt like they're needed um, and that the things that they do need some sort of validation. Mm -hmm. And even as head coaches, we need to be validated. We say we don't. Right. Um, But in a huddle... Eye contact code yeah. speaks volumes. Right. You know, a suggestion speaks volumes, even if it's not taken and implemented at that moment. Um, but yeah, that I think validation piece. Like how how do you validate your players and your staff while also being on that fine line? Because too much validation yeah. makes them soft, yeah. and not enough doesn't make them hard enough. Right. Um, I believe in all those little things, um, you know, that Nana used to do. I believe in a good meal. A good meal and comfort food will right. take you a long way. Um, and the, the way that you validate and make people happy, and I want to make this point extremely clear, doesn't cost anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, I'm huge on greetings and salutations. My kids get on me, go, oh, coach, okay, good morning. Right. Unplug, make eye contact with me. And when I say good morning, I need you to say good morning as well. Yeah. Crazy part is, is you don't know if that could have that could have made somebody's day. You have no clue what somebody's going through. Um, and the validation piece with young people, I'm understanding now, the older I get, um, young people are missing so many tangibles in their mm-hmm. lives. You know what I mean? Like, please and thank you. You say it to your four-year-old and you think it's a preschool thing, but it's a major thing. Right. Um, and so I know as a head coach, when you're especially, I've taken over programs that typically haven't historically done too well. Um, it's major. It's very major. How do I exude that through my players? I have to be transparent, but I have to also walk with conviction and my words have to mean something. That's tough. And usually it leaves you standing by yourself. Right. Let's go back. Let's talk about the food piece. First of all, I love food. But besides (laughs) that, I mean, you talk about food, that, that is such a... A piece that never gets talked about. You know, they talk about different. And we, I was just about talking about communication. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's a nonverbal communication oh, yeah. with food. Oh, talk yeah. about like the food. I know you talk about home cooking and everything else, yeah. but where that soul comes from with that. Oh my God, anything with love. Mm-hmm. Like that's an ingredient that you you can't put in a recipe. Um, you know, deep south. You know, it's some things that come with the deep south, and that's bringing out them barrel grills, right. barbecuing, hot coals. Everybody sitting outside on a lawn chair. Um, But my kids have gotten so used to that. They've gotten so used to it. Um, And what I typically do is I ask each one of them, what is a meal that you want me to cook? Now, we're not about to go crazy with this thing. But comfort food takes kids to a place of happiness. And you just see that we are literally, um, and I tell the girl, we have a church up in here today. The fellowship, 
the opening up, the talking about things that you didn't know. And again, this doesn't cost you much, but it's a moment for them to get off the court and be themselves. Um, I think young people now have social media avenues, um, are a lot boisterous through their phone, um, opinionated through avenues other than talking. Mm -hmm. Hardest thing is to look somebody in their eye and to say something with conviction. Um, and I, again, that's one of those things that I think are a rarity, but I can't say it enough. The young people that we touch on a regular basis need to know you care. Right. They really need to know you care. And everything comes from there. I've been so blessed to have kids that honestly people didn't know graduate and do great things. Mm -hmm. And athletics did that. I like to think that I had a piece on just helping them to be molded into a woman that when she leaves, she walks with her head held high. So I take pride in that. I may have to make a little social media meme. Comfort food brings happiness. It does. That's you know, and that, that so is. So I work powerful. out every day. <laughs> I keep saying it's powerful, but it is. I, I food. When I go to, you've been to different countries. I've been to different countries, but food really connects you. It's fellowship. Yes, it really is. is. It really yeah. is. Think about the whole concept: going to church on Sunday, and what do you do? You eat after. Yep. Sunday dinner was huge. It's a reason behind that. Right. There's a reason behind that. And so, um, you know, again, I've, I've gone to a lot of places that most people wouldn't necessarily go. Um, but there are gems in all those areas. And for us, we've sold family. And yeah. with that comes, we're coming to coach us out yeah. to eat. So. Well, let's, from fellowship with food, let's move into communication. Yeah. You know, you talked about transparency earlier. Where does that play with vulnerability, with being wide open? What is your communication style and why does it work so well? At the end of the day, I believe in being transparent. My kids tell me sometimes I'm a little too <laughs> transparent. Um, but I don't like when things are left out on the table. You're not going to leave my office. You're not going to leave a conversation and saying, I did not know. You did not tell me. And so what I like to pride myself on is communicating in three different avenues. We spoke about it. You read it on paper, and now you're signing what we talked about. This is not for a business perspective document. This is you stating, Coach, I was locked in. We have a no cell phone policy when I meet with my young people. It is a distraction. Think of how many times we're just on our phone. There's not even, nothing went off. We just are scrolling All the time. and looking. And so at the end of the day, that has no bearing on right now. Um, and accountability factor is huge with that. Um, we had a stinger box this year. Um, you know, if, if someone did something that was in breach of team rules, not only did you necessarily have to do whatever the reprimand was that came along with that, you also did something in the stinger box. And typically it was something to simply make you focus on a task showing like, look, you're unfocused right now. Um, one of the young ladies had to recite, you know, all seven presidents at Mississippi Valley State in chronological order. Well, no class asked you to do that. But if you're going to sign up to go to an institution, you might want to know who you're fighting for. Right. Um, and so the vulnerability piece of that, though, there's a thin line. There's a very thin line. Um, you've seen me, Coach. I do it with every ounce of my being. The downside to that is that sometimes you take it a step too far. Yeah. yeah. And you physically exhaust yourself. But I think with the trust factor, when you're able, your players are able to communicate with you and you're able to communicate back. The two-way street is major. You can't just preach, preach, yell, 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 and not listen. Um, you're able to take a step back. Mm -hmm. And that vulnerability piece where you feel like the lonely leadership we talked about now goes to if I fall, I have hands behind me pushing me forward. Right. Um, all of this is a process, though. 
it's a process and it does not happen overnight. Mm-hmm. And because you coach with so much passion yeah. with your heart, you can get exhausted. Yeah. Like what do you do to fill your buckets? Like it's got, <laughs> and you got a four year old. Yes. Beautiful young boy. Who's following the So you, I mean, what do you do? Um, wow, this is crazy. Um, cause my kids, they always ask me, you know, coach, you think you can still hang? <laughs> well, I can still hang. <laughs> Um, working out has always been my, my scapegoat. It has always been my place of silence. Um, that I love to read. Um, again, I do love to cook and I love to travel. Right. I really love to travel. Um, I like nice things like any lady, why, you know, mm-hmm. why not? But um, I love the getaways, the getaways that in the noise, it's quiet. Um, and that does it for me. I had an announcer ask me this year. He said, you look like a very intense individual. <laughs> And then he showed me the picture. And I was like, oh, yeah, probably. I am, right. but there's another side of me. And that other side of me is like a quiet storm. And places of peace are rare, and I try to find them as much as possible. And then let me quickly talk about the health component in coaching. We do not take care of our bodies as much right. as we should because it is go, 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 never stop. Um, hydrating, eating the right foods. This isn't rocket science. We know better. Um, you have to take care of your body. And when your tank goes empty, you will hit that wall. Um, speaking from personal experience. So I try to find the balance as much as I can. And I've got a great staff. I have a great staff that BJ can go to right. and have a haircut, you know, with another male. Mm-hmm. Which that's the, you know, barbershop is your thing. That's Beauty right. shop is our thing, you know, um, yeah, with all the hair that you have. That's right. So, um, <laughs> finding the balance, and it is not easy. It is not easy. Um, I say that right out the rip when someone says, I want to be a coach. What do you need to right. do? Okay. That's like, right. No. This is what um, balance is key. Yeah. Balance is key. Um, but it's difficult. Now, with all that, we talked about BJ, four-year-old. Yeah. How do you – I know you do a great job having him within your program. Like, he's a part of your program. Yeah. Ball boy at this point. Ball boy. Yeah. How, how is it – and do you struggle with – I hate the word balance, yeah. but both things – like, what do you do? Has it been hard? Um, tears, laughter, everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm a crier. Right. I'm a crier. Emotion is good. First person to tell you I'm a crier, you know, even when I'm happy. You know, I'm. you can't take me to, like, a romance movie because <laughs> I'm going to lose it. Right. And then I embarrass you. It's a lot. Um, but I, I am. I'm a crier. But I've manifested into a crier mm. because I'm done. Like, once I get it out, you've seen the humanistic side of me, you know, we're good. Um, I've been guilty of not having the balance. I've been guilty of pushing an envelope that's already open. It's it's what it is. Um, And I've also been guilty of thinking I could change things that couldn't be changed. Yeah. And you eventually have to get to a place, and this is only with time, and I wish I could say that there is an equation out there for it. It's not. Only with time, you do find a place of peace where you realize I have done the absolute best I can do in this moment and I got to step away from it. I used to literally go to bed and wake up to my computer Mm -hmm. right on my bed, phone right there on the nightstand. Everything's a buzz, buzz, buzz as you're, it's insane. You'll never be at peace. So now it will be there tomorrow. Now, is this a luxury of being in a head coaching seat? Yes, of course it is. Um, But even as an assistant, I had to learn every job wasn't a great job. And I also had to learn working for a head coach who allows you to have balance right. is major. Huge. That is It's huge. major and make sure you take that with you when right. you get to the head seat. So it's a task. 
Is it frustrating at times? Yes. But I'm telling you, you have to surround yourself by good people. Yeah. Because they put you in line when you step out. Right. And that's major. How, uh, do you like being emotional? I do. Are you, you're okay. Because there's some people who says, oh, I hate crying. But I'm, first of all, I think emotion is huge. I think you need to cry, laugh. you got to have all those emotions yeah. in the course of every single day yeah. to actually live a really, really good life. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I don't apologize for who I am. That's right. I yeah. don't. Um, I think when you just get in this business... Um, you maybe don't look the same, you don't talk the same, and you question yourself. Doing me, as the young people say, I'm going to do me. Right, right. It's working for me. Yeah. It's working for me because I believe in my brand. There was a long time you didn't believe in your brand. That's when you're in limbo. You got to figure out what your it is. And once you find your it, my it is doing exactly what we're doing right now. I don't coach, I motivate. I really do. I'm going to put you in positions to do what it is that you need to do, but I'm also going to make you feel like you've never felt before. That I take pride in. There's no fear out here. There's eye of the tiger. And if I don't get it this time, I'm definitely going to be prepared to show you the next time. My kids play with a chip. Mm -hmm. Most of them have a story that's untold. But I do recruit that kind of kid. Because it's sort of kind of a little bit of me. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I don't apologize for being emotional anymore. Mm -hmm. I really don't because it keeps it out of here. And it gets it out. But, you know, you're you're a very strong woman. There are positives and negatives. Yeah. Has there yeah. been a struggle? Yes. Yes, it has been a struggle because people don't think there's another side of you. Mm. That's rough. Um, it's rough, especially, um, again, taking over programs that, you know, maybe haven't historically won in a while. Um, gaining respect. Right. Um, very thin line between... Um, I'm picking my words very loosely, <laughs> uh, very uh, carefully. Um, finding a line between um, not being too hard, mm-hmm. being feminine, mm-hmm. uh, being stern, being direct, not being rude. Um, that goes back to that our words can cut. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so it has been tough. It's been very difficult. I want to make sure I say this to all the women, especially at, at this level, but beyond that are coaching. Um, and are doing it, um, and also teaching young women to be women, it's huge. Um, But we do carry a huge stick. And for each game that's televised, mannerisms matter. Words do cut. Be very careful with them. And perception is, despite of what we may think, perception's everything. It really is. Um, But I've struggled. I have struggled finding, making sure that you keep a line of femininity Mm -hmm. in all you do. Um, but I've also learned that staying true to yourself and finding that balance is something actually people like. Right. You know, it's fun on the sidelines to go through the highs and lows, you know, um, you know, and even just interacting even with officials. You know right. what I mean? Like, it's over. It's nothing I can do about right. it. Like, all right. You know, it's it's just staying true to yourself, um, but making sure that you understand this business. Yeah. And you make you work for you. Right. Yeah. What I love is that like all the things you're talking about in coaching, those are all standards and values, your own standards and values, and can be absolutely used in every walk of life yeah. for every single woman. Yeah, I've said this over and over. I'm not a lifer in this. Yeah. I won't be 70 doing this, and I know that because as much joy as I get out of this profession, I get twice as much joy watching my son grow, right. and I want to make sure I'm there for that. I think we forget that people, they, they take a look at coaching, and especially TV glamorizes it, yeah. right? But I think the thing is, as a coach, you are trying to improve your life, your players' lives, your own kids' lives, right. 
and and any and anybody else around it, right. and and it's a struggle in many ways, but there's so many victories that that come with it. Right. Um, but I think the best standards and values that people have, no one has ever taught really how to be a man or how to be a woman. Correct. Right. We we go through the ups and downs ourselves. We go down one path, and we think it's the right way, and then we're like, oh, no, let's let's go the other That's way. Right. You know. So your development as a woman, yeah. and you giving it to your players as well too. Is there two or three things that you really push on to to get your women to a level, to get your women, your ladies mm-hmm. to a level that you guys can relate to in terms of standards and values? I think first and foremost, you have to have faith in everything you do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's key. You have to accept and know that there's a power bigger than you. Right. Um, I think secondly, um, I always tell women a disciplined woman is a free woman. Um, well, I, say that one more time. A disciplined woman is a free woman. That, that is. And um, it's major in everything we do. Just think about our lives, uh, finances, uh, health, uh, careers, family. Um, everything is very, very stringent on discipline. And um, to me, that's given me everything I have. I wasn't the fastest kid. I wasn't the strongest kid. But nobody outworked me. And no one's going to outwork me. Um, and so that's important. And I think thirdly, we talked about life in the balance, but I think family. Um, in any stretch of my imagination at 16, and when my dad told me to write down my life goals, did I ever think this quickly I'd be here? Um, but I am. And it would not have happened without family. And that means extended family as well. As a single parent, my village is extensive. And I would not have made it without them. So those three things for me um, have gotten me to this point. I am humbled and blessed beyond measure for the things that I've got and I have. And I am so excited for whatever direction and way God sends me. But um, I think the future's bright and I'm excited about it. I love that. That's awesome. All right, last two questions. Yes. Uh, I ask every single guest. Yeah. When they make a movie about you, when they make the Jessica Kerr movie, yeah. who is playing you? Oh. Anybody at all? Okay. Okay, so it doesn't even matter because after what love's got to do with it, <laughs> you couldn't have told me that Angela Bassett was not me. <laughs> so I'm just going to put that out there. Angela Bassett. All right. Yes, that's who okay. would play me. <laughs> Hilarious, right? Never had that on before. Because you just right. had the movie go through your mind. No, I did. I was yeah. like, all right, I see it. I see it. I see it. And last one is mm-hmm. is that um, we all fall in love with something in order for us to move forward. What is the one, two things that you've fallen in love that has helped you continue to move forward? Two things. I've been okay with being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the second thing is hope. I have learned everybody needs something to look forward to. Everybody's hit hard times. Everybody's had that one thing in their life that deflated their sales. Hope is a rarity that I think we forget about. We talk about faith. Mm. Everybody wants something to look up to and feel better. And hope has gotten me through this thing. Um, And I think that's the one thing I would definitely end on. I think hope um, and giving people hope that there is something better is major. That is awesome. Thank you. Jessica, I appreciate you coming on. I tell you what, I, you have dropped some major nuggets on, on strong women uh, pushing forward and do, and finding your why. 
which has been unbelievable. You, I've seen, I can say it earlier, I've seen you coach, I've seen you speak, you truly are a light, and you are absolutely Thank you. Contagious. Please remember this, that he said all this stuff. I said it's on, um, video. It's on YouTube. But I, I appreciate everything you do. Um, I can't say it enough, and now I'm obviously saying it for everyone to ah. hear. Um, you've allowed me to continuously make a way out of no way. When times that I didn't understand it, and I get this thing. Um, and again, surrounding yourself with good people is huge, and you're one of those people, so thank you. Jessica Kern is one of a kind, and I hope you enjoyed it. Please let us know and share it on every social media outlet you know. Tweet it, Instagram it, Facebook it. Let's get this message out and help each other be inspired. Remember, you are great, you are the light, and you are contagious.